This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'd, I'll, I'll never go back. Uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. Yeah. I'm too old. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Showing what's for Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into a pre-holiday edition of the uh, Horsepower Happenings. Glad to have you. Uh, we've got a lot going on in this show. Two great interviews with a couple of drivers who are looking into big things for 2023. But first, here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Matt Hirschman voted Racing America's Short Track Driver of the Year during its first annual Short Track Awards on Thursday. He racked up 28 wins in the Tour-type modified competition in 2022, so keep him on your racing radar. Sandusky, Ohio's Thor Sport Racing will partner with Ford Performance for the upcoming NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series season and beyond. With the switch to Ford, the team has added Haley Deegan to its driver lineup. Deegan was voted the series' most popular driver for the second consecutive year in 2022. And of course, they're gonna bring back uh, three other well-known Truck Series drivers in that team as well. And how about Eldora Speedway? Making big news this week that the Dirt Million now means something else other than late models. One million dollars is on the line for sprint cars. The unsanctioned event will feature a winner's purse of $1,002,023 from a total purse of $1.4 million. The third version of the Adora Million will go off July 12th through the 13th. And that's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Good evening, welcome in, I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. Hey, how you doing? I, I saw a headline, but I didn't read the article, but I'm curious about finding it and reading it. Um, is Jonathan Davenport going to jump in a sprint car to be, try to become a $2 million man? I'm telling you what, this is this is big, isn't it? I mean, you got guys really eyeballing this uh, opportunity, and sprint car drivers have been like, where's our big purse, right? You got the King's Royal, which is, of course, nothing to shake a stick at. But where's our million? And man, they got it. They got it this time around. One, hold, hold on. The purse for this event, $1.4 million. Holy smokes. <laughs> kind of top kind of top loaded, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, hey, uh, this is going to be cool. Looking forward to it July 12th through the 13th. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see Kyle Larson. Uh, you know that he's going to be busy that weekend. He'll be trying to cash in on a million bucks. Yeah, you know it. But Zach, uh, we got we got to take one one minute. We don't like doing this, but uh, this was just unbelievable la news last week. Uh, and I kind of figure in West Michigan auto racing circles, and a longtime writer for the Grand Rapids Press and M Live, Steve Kaminsky passed away last week at the age of fifty six. Uh, per M Live, his father said Steve had no major health issues. That the family suspects that he suffered a heart attack or a stroke. He leaves behind his wife, Kristen, 21-year-old daughter, Noel, 17-year-old son, Eli, 
and a legion of avid readers who he entertained and informed during his nearly 40-year writing career. Zach, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Kaminsky family. Yeah, there's not many. Sad, sad deal. There's not many of us who haven't been uh, affected by him in some way, <clears throat> whether it's reading his articles or even being interviewed by him. Uh, I was interviewed by him as the announcer at I-96 Speedway after a really wicked crash. He just wanted a firsthand account of what had happened, and and I was the guy he pegged for that. And uh, boom, I was in one of his articles, so it was it was pretty cool. And um, <clears throat> you know, he's he's definitely uh, he was one one of the good ones. You know, was very diligent. And, uh, man, did our sport a lot of good. Uh, did, did a lot of uh, good positive publicity for auto racing. So he'll absolutely be missed. Yeah, re- really was big out the Berlin Raceway. He could be found there all the time. So uh, just a sad deal. Wasn't sick or anything. And those are the kind, kind of the ones that kind of kick you, you know. Well, let's move on to some other racing news. It was an announcement that we had wondered if was coming for about four or five years and it finally happened on, uh, what would this be? This would be Friday. Uh, Merritt Speedway announced that they are going to be done with UMP Modifieds, and that decision is now going to be replaced with IMCA Modifieds. Uh, the class will uh, inherit the B Modifieds as well. Uh, it says right at the very top of the bulletin, Merritt Speedway 2022 IMC Modified Transition Rules. 2022 Merritt Speedway B Mods must meet all 2023 IMCA Modified Rules. Existing 2022 Merritt Speedway UMP Modifieds may compete with the following exceptions and or requirements. And then it goes through a list of things that UMP guys uh, would have to change. But Rich, uh, this adds another IMCA official IMCA sanctioned racetrack to the state of Michigan and now cuts UMP modified tracks in our state down to two. And really, these are probably going to be the last two that hang on due to their association to Indiana, and that's Butler and Hartford. And, of course, they welcome these guys from Merritt Speedway with open arms uh, to race Friday and Saturday nights in the UMP modified division. Yeah, it'll be a little – I mean, they can run UMP modified. They just got a little ways to drive, right, especially the guys uh, up north, uh, Traverse City and up – anywhere up in the Merritt Merritt region. But, uh, you know, I guess the writing was on the wall for several years, and you were just wondering. I mean, we saw the car counts just starting to get a little smaller, a little smaller, and IMC Modified seemed to be getting a little bigger and a little bigger. So um, we'll have to keep an eye on that, and you're right. Probably Butler and Hartford are going to stick with UMP just because UMP is so strong in Indiana, and and they're so close to there. Uh, That would probably be a mistake for them to switch. So um we'll have to move on and 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 maybe those those tracks will get a little hike in the car count in 2023 yeah it'd be interested to see if if guys that were running in the mid to northern part of michigan transition to imca or if they do make the haul down south and see what's going on at hartford and butler these two racetracks much different than your merits and uh you know your your tri-cities your thunderbirds your crystals that sort of thing uh where ump hasn't been in quite some time but my point being uh hartford and butler are far and away different than Merritt speedway uh so if you're going to make the haul down there it's going to be a quite a different animal yeah and it i i kind of reviewed the rules we're not going to get into them but it, they did make it so it's not a total car rebuild just to, if you want to run your ump modified it, with the imca cars um you know, there's there's a few things you have to do, and you know you have a choice if you want to do those or not. But um, in the end, we'll we'll have to see uh, once the season gets rolling next year uh, how everything turns out. Who decides to stay with UMP and who decides to 
go run with the IMCA mods. What I do think is going to happen is I think Merritt Speedway is going to have a really exciting IMC modified class. All things aside, you hate to see a class dissolve, but I do think that uh, the racing there, at IM, the IMC modified racing, we've seen it all across the state. It's good racing, and uh, Merritt Speedway is a good racetrack for it. So we're looking forward to that nonetheless. Yep, Zach. Uh, and now let's get back on the pavement for a minute. Uh, following a couple very successful seasons down at Hickory Motor Speedway, running in a very competitive late model stock class, Katie Hettinger is moving up in 2023 and in a very, very big way. It was announced this weekend that Hettinger will compete full-time for Anthony Cappy Racing uh, on the Cars Tour Pro, uh, Pro Cars Tour, and running for the Pro Late Model Championship in the upcoming season. Uh, Hettinger is already the winningest female in Hickory Motor Speedway history and got her feet wet in the Arkham Menard Series a couple times in 2022. Uh, Team Chevy Wheeler Trucking Victory Custom Trailers will be on board for her first full Pro Late Model ride. And Zach, uh, on the phone line now, we have the young lady that has uh, really been making waves through the uh, late model stock industry down south. And now uh, she's got a real special announcement that, that was just released this weekend. Uh, we'll find all about that, talk to her about that and uh, and about her 2022 season out of Dryden, Michigan. Katie Hedger, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thank you for having me. Man, first of all, before we get into the big news of the weekend. Um, talk to me about your season, boy. You, I've watched some of those races down at Hickory and I don't know if you can find a, a tougher track with tougher competition. Yeah, we had a pretty good season this year um, with Matt Piercy racing. And then we also ran some pro races with Highlands Motorsports. But um, with Matt Piercy, we won four late mile races at Hickory this year and had five poles there. Um, which made me the winningest female at Hickory Motor Speedway. So that was a huge accomplishment. Um, a lot of fun with my guys um, for busting their butts. And then we also ran some car store pro races. Um, and we were close to a win um, in most of those races, but we just had some car issues or some bad luck. Uh, but that was fun as well. And then we ran some bigger late mile stock races and um, some car store late mile stock races. And I, I watched a race. I, I was trying to keep up on you th as much as I could throughout the summer, um, whenever I could. And I, I caught part of a race that I'm going to remind you of. And I was awfully impressed, probably more than any of your wins. And this was at the Motor Mile in Virginia. Uh, you ran a cars to a race down there, and you gave William Sawalich all he could handle for 225 laps uh, until it just looked like right at the end your, your car just went away. But you were running faster lap times than he was at the end. You were closing in on him. And nobody beat that young man very much this year at all. Yeah, that race sure was um, a heartbreak. We had a really good car. Um, and then we had, like, seven laps to go or something. And I, like, was saving my stuff. And I finally got up to him. And I was just about to pass him coming out of four. And my car just shut off. Um, we ended up having motor problems with that car, even the other um, car store pro races we ran, but that was really fun race. Motor miles, a fun track. Um, it was fun to race, uh, with William. Katie, let's talk about some of the other opportunities. And actually I want to stop and, and revisit where you said, you know, winning as female driver in Hickory history, you know, when you started this season, it was kind of fun. We, you know, we saw you get that first fast qualifier and we're like, sweet, you know, uh, you know, youngest fast qualifier and female fast qualifier and all that. And then you go out there and you're winning races and, and you're racking up these accolades. Um, 
we've talked about this before with you, but as you get older and you kind of, you know, get more involved in this sport, does the does the female side of it start to mean more to you? I mean, as far as in the history of these racetracks, Hickory Motor Speedway with such deep roots in, in, you know, auto racing and NASCAR and that sort of thing, to write your name in those history books, does that start to, to get more sentimental for you? Uh, I mean, yeah, um, being able to set those records by being, like, the winningest team at Hickory or the youngest female, like, that obviously is really cool because then there's more younger females coming up that are trying to beat my records, um, which is a good motivation um, to them. And then, but for when we go to those races, I mean, we always go there to win. So it was really cool that I got the uh, winningest female at Hickory Motor Speedway. Um record but we're still going there and we're still going to try and win more races and i think too on the other hand too and and you know you'll have to speak to this on your own i was a kid racer and i just wanted to be treated like everybody else i just wanted to be raced fair and equal uh you got two things going for you you're you're a female and you're a kid racer uh are you looking for that same sort of you know when you're out there on the racetrack just race me like you'd race anybody else oh yeah um and i do get that um i'm raced pretty equal just like all the other drivers you know like everyone says, as soon as that helmet goes on, we're all the same. Um, and it's fun because I race people hard. People race me hard back. Um, I think I race people pretty clean, and they race me clean back. So um, I'm pretty much uh, treated as everybody else is. Talk to me about your dad and about your team because, you know, we've seen some of those races at Hickory or some of those races, those cars tour races. Uh, you got to move people sometimes to get the job done. Have you ever ruffled any feathers and, and had to uh, answer for that back in the pits afterwards? Um, I mean, rubbing is racing, right? So sometimes <laughs> I'll get, sometimes I'll get a little mad about say I got roughed up a little bit or someone else will get mad, but my parents always taught me good sportsmanship. And so if I took someone out, some, someone out on accident, um, after the race, my dad and I will go over and I'll tell him, I'll apologize. Um, and like, own up to my mistakes. And I get that too sometimes, which, um, is greatly appreciated. Katie, now it's time to talk about the news of the weekend, and and I think it's pretty big news, to be honest with you. As much as Zach and I spend around late model racing, um, you got a full-time ride next season with Anthony Campy Racing, and if anybody does, doesn't know who they are, um, you know, they field cars for uh, Gio Ruggiero and Chandler Smith, and they also have the defending Snowflake 100 winner in Casey Roderick uh, drove that to victory lane just a couple of weeks ago. That has got to make you feel awful good. Oh yeah. Anthony Campy racing, you know, they have an amazing operation. They know what they're doing. They got good cars, good crew. Um, just the whole setup is amazing. And so to be able to drive their pro late mall next year is just a huge honor and we're so excited for it. So what are you guys' plans for it? Is it just going to run the Cars Tour, or are you going to run some, some other events in that in an 81 machine as well? Uh, we're going to run some some bigger pro races. Um, we're going to be running at um, New Smyrna, January 7th. Um, but we're mostly going to focus on running the full Cars Tour Pro Late Mall schedule and trying to go get that championship. 
Talk to me about kind of coming back to this uh, division, if you will. I know, you know, with late model stocks, they're slightly different. And, and you had continued to dabble in pro late model racing, whether it was with Michael House or doing your own thing and, and trying to come back up north and race a couple of times. But now really getting recommitted to pro late model racing and, and uh, you know, what, what sort of things – are there a lot of differences for you as a driver to have to get ready for and to make changes? Or is the late model stock and the pro, pro late model, are they fairly interchangeable where you can pretty much strap in and go? Uh, yeah, I'd say they're pretty similar um, for me. Usually I don't notice a huge difference. I just race it like a regular car, how I usually do. Um, but I'm really excited to get back in the pro late model series. It was a lot of fun the few races I could run last year, and we're going to have a really good car this year with Anthony Campy. So I'm really excited to get back to it. Talk to me about, uh, you know, obviously, and, and I have more things I want to talk to you about from 22, but looking ahead to 23, being kind of that hired gun situation uh, where you're you're really kind of, you know, you, you're, you're, you're being tasked with making somebody else look good now. What are your goals? Do you have goals set? I know you guys just made this announcement yesterday, but have you sat down with the team and said, okay, here's what – Here's what I think Katie, Katie Hattinger can bring to the table in 2023. What are those? Um, I mean, honestly, obviously we don't have all the like plans figured out and everything since we just made the announcement. But um, we do really want to win the championship. That's our biggest goal for next year um, with the pro. And then also like win and be competitive in some of those bigger pro late mile races too. Katie, how much fun is it when you get the chance to, you know, you spend so much time on the road, right? But you came back home this year. You're able to run some races back home. Uh, I announced the CRA races at Birch Run that you came up and ran. How much fun is it to get to get back and race in front of your friends and family? It's always fun to come home and uh, race up at Birch Run or Berlin, and then we're going to have some uh, an Owasso race next year. Uh, but it's always cool to come back up because my friends come to the races, my family that lives up here, they all come. I, um, like my siblings can come. Um, and then I race against some of the kids that I raced against in quarter midges growing up. So it's fun to see how we evolved up through our um, racing and come back home and run those races. Yeah, I, di I didn't tell Zach. I, I caught up with you at Birch Run and I was trying to talk to you and you had all your girlfriends around. I didn't want to interrupt you from having a good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some of my friends come to the races, um, especially the ones that really understand what I'm doing. And it's fun to have them there and um, get into the racing world. Talk to me about Las Vegas and uh, the deal that came together with that Zero Two machine uh, for the Arkham Arts West. Uh, that was a that was a pretty cool opportunity for you that and ended up turning into two races uh, that you got to travel out there and sit behind the wheel of uh, really some you know when compared to what you've driven, really unique race cars. Talk to me about that experience. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to run those two ARCA races that we did. Um, we really wanted to get some experience in the ARCA car because eventually I do want to move up into that. And so um, we talked with Young's Motorsports, and they were able to get me behind that O2 car for a couple of races. And Vegas didn't go as we planned. Um, we only made it about 15 laps there. But it was still fun to get a little used to the car. Um, but Phoenix was a lot of fun. Uh, the track was big, and it was um, – a lot of fun to like feel the air and understand all that and then also get to know the team and get close with the team and everything. 
Talk to me about those race cars uh, because, you know, you look at them on pit road and they just they seem massive to me compared to a template pro late model or uh, or or even, a you know, a late model stock or something like that. You mentioned the air. You mentioned how big the Phoenix Phoenix was and such a unique racetrack. Any other quirks about those cars that were that were, you know, unique to get used to? Uh, I think it was just like a different feeling. Like, it's kind of hard to describe, but it was just like I mean, obviously, just strapping the car, got used to it. But, like, we did some simulator training um, at the Chevy Tech Center to try and get ready for Phoenix. And just the f- it didn't even compare to the feeling. Like, my line was the same, but going through the dog legs at Phoenix, like, I just felt, like, claustrophobic almost because of the pressure. And then, um, like, when you're around cars, you can't get close to their inside. Oh, you'll get loose. And so it's just all those little details that I had to remember. Um, but still had a lot of fun doing it. Did you chop the dog leg like we see the guys do on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday there at Phoenix? Did you get a chance to do that? Yeah, I did, actually. Um, in practice and qualifying, we didn't do that because I was still getting used to the track and everything. But in the race, I did. And they say I had I took two um, Tylenol before I went out because going over <laughs> that dog leg or cutting the aprons a little rough and so – and, like, shake my head, and my helmet would go up, so I'd have to pull it back down before we went into turn one. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that is aggressive. Wow, I would not have thought it was that hard of a hit. Yeah. Wow. All right, so, uh, you know, recounting 2022, you know, we've kind of talked about it, all the wins at Hickory. Um, you know, you make a start, uh, you know, a couple of starts at some of the nation's biggest races and race tracks. Uh, you go down to Nashville and uh, make an appearance there with Michael House and those guys. And uh, that was a fun weekend, too, for you. I got a chance to catch up with you guys and, and kind of talk with you. That opportunity to run Nashville, take a look at that racetrack, and uh, I, I'm sure that it's going to be on your schedule more often. But talk to me about your experience at Nashville because you had a pretty decent run, had a fast car uh, that just kind of fell off toward the end. Yeah, Nashville was a lot of fun. Um, it definitely was a race I will remember. Jonathan and Jen Brown and Michael House, they gave me the opportunity to run their car, and I'm so thankful for that um, because, like I said, it was a lot of fun. And we did have a really fast car. Um, I think I lacked experience, which um, maybe hurt us a little bit. And we are supposed to go back at the end of the year this year, but we weren't able to. But I definitely would like to go back um, there and maybe one day drive for Michael again. Katie, about a week and a half ago, um, you're at the NASCAR Celebrations Banquet, and you received a pretty cool honor, the Wendell Scott Trailblazer Award. Um, I think any award you get this early in your career, but this one's got to feel pretty good. Oh, yeah, it was an honor to receive that award. Um, You know, Wendell, he broke a lot of barriers, and so to be able to be recognized by the tracks and other drivers – to be picked for that award was a huge feeling of accomplishment um and i had a lot of fun that night i want to go back kind of to go off of what zach was taught you and zach were talking about you know uh you know the the, the first female fast qualifier at hickory uh, most uh most wins by a female at hickory when are you going to get to the point where you just want or are you um going to get to the point where you just want to be a race car driver not female or male but uh just just to be one of the guys i guess um i mean i'm not sure if that's really an issue for me because obviously there are some records that i can break um and my name can be under because i'm a female 
Um, but I'm just like one of the guys. I want to go up to cup. I want to win a cup championship and I'm sure a lot of them do as well. So I don't think my gender will ever bother me. And kind of to piggyback that even further, you know, we used to talk about, you know, who is it that you look up to as Katie Hettinger and you mentioned it, you know, now, you know, that, that trailblazer award is so appropriate because that's the word I want to use. You are blazing a trail for the next generation. You know, we, we, we've seen the Haley Deegans and, and the Danica Patricks and, you know, Haley, of course, still trying to set her her path as she works up through the ranks and, you know, Natalie Decker with her struggling with her health and whatnot. But, you know, you you're kind of doing this on the short track realm looking toward the top uh, and hoping to get to compete against those ladies at some point, you're kind of now in this situation, Katie, and, and maybe you can speak on this where you're having this happen, where you are getting, you know, girls who are running carts or running mini wedges or running, you know, midgets or, or, or front wheel drives or what have you that are getting a hold of you and saying, man, this is awesome. What can you tell me? That sort of thing. Is that starting to happen to you? Uh, yeah, I have had a couple young girls come up to me um with their dads at the track and saying that they want to get into race cars and the parents probably don't appreciate me telling them that i think they should because it can get uh, a little expensive but i just think that it's awesome like just a young girl coming up to me who's never her family doesn't race and she tells me that she wants to drive race cars because she watches me like it's just a crazy feeling um because growing up like i told people i want to drive race cars and thankfully my family is in it so i was able to do it um, but it's definitely cool because now um, those girls can get into racing and they can look at my record. They watch me at Hickory. They can see that I hold the record and they can say that they want to beat it. So then that's more successful females coming up to the sport and winning races. Have you garnered the attention of some of those that have come before you? Uh, you know, I'm, sp- I'm thinking specifically about kind of the big three that I talked about with Danica, Haley, or, or maybe Natalie or some of the other girls who I know I'm forgetting, right? There are great females that race in like USAC midgets and uh, that are making great names for themselves. And we've talked to several here on our show as well that are doing great things in their career. Uh, but Taylor, had- Taylor, Taylor Ferns from Michigan. Thank you very much. Yeah, that Taylor is one of the ones I was forgetting. Um, have you had any of those girls who have gone before you reach out to you and say, hey, you're doing great, you know, keep up the great work or, or that sort of thing? Uh, actually, I, Taylor Ferns and I, we um, talk a bunch. We have these meetings at least once a month where we talk about our racing. She gives me tips and advice, and she is a huge role model to look up to. Um, she's really successful in her racing, even though we do different kinds of racing. It's just cool to hear her tips and advice um, that could help me in my racing as well. Um, and then I talked to Haley a little bit. I saw her at a conference that I went to for women in racing, and I talked to her a little bit. But obviously everyone's busy with their own racing schedule, so it's hard. But I'm sure as I move up and run some more ARCA and Trex, um, I'll talk to a lot of them. You know, Katie, we had, we had we had Taylor on on here probably last year, I think we had her uh, uh, on the program. And um, do, you got, do you have any interest in trying out what she's going through? Um, maybe, uh, it really just depends like where my career goes in the future. Um, I think that the racing she does is really cool. Um, and it'd definitely be fun to watch, but it all just depends on where I'm at in my career and, um, what comes next. 
And, you know, you kind of ask that question remembering where the Hentinger name comes from, obviously in open wheel racing and uh, with Taylor doing that. And uh, we're going to talk with uh, we're going to talk with uh, Tyler coming up, who, of course, just announced his Silver Crown schedule is going to be full time next year. And um, so, yeah, I, and, you know, you with your grandpa and your dad and that sort of thing. We've talked about it before. If the right opportunity comes up, you're down for it. But uh, sounds like, Katie, you'd rather keep the fenders on and, and be able to rub fenders and doors a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's hard when I'm driving down the road not to door someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, keep that in mind. If you see Katie driving uh, around Dryden, Michigan, maybe don't pull out in front of her because uh, she'll get up underneath <laughs> you and get you loose and uh, put you in the fence. <laughs> yeah. Katie, uh, 2023, obviously the big news with, with the racing deal. Um, do you foresee a return to Hickory? Do you see, uh, you know, obviously we've missed you in Michigan. You've been gone a lot on the road. Uh, sounds like that's going to continue this year uh, in 2023. But any other side branches, or are you really focused on the success of this 81 and 23? Uh, we will. We do plan on running some more stuff. Um, there's not a whole lot that is set in stone plan that we know 100% yet. But we do have about seven races Um up here in Michigan, and then uh, we are going to run some more light mile stuff, um, and then maybe some dirt micro stuff, and also maybe some road course stuff. Hey, I'm here for that dirt micro stuff. Looking forward to. Uh, I want to hear more about that. <laughs> Me too. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I I, I was going to ask you, Katie, just because it's so new. I didn't know if you had a chance to look into it. Um, the new ASA Stars Tour that's that's being developed, and and they're really trying to make it like you know, back in the old ASA days, is, is that something that you got, you guys want to take a look at as well? Um, I'm not sure we got, um, we probably have a lot of races on a schedule next year, so I don't know how much else we can fit in there, but you never know. I'm sorry. I like that. Keep it wide open with the, you never know, look for her anywhere. Uh, Katie, you guys are great on social media. You really do a, a nice job of uh, getting everybody uh, the attention. Oh, and I remember, I was going to ask you one more thing. Uh, you got a chance to go not only race at Hickory at one of, of NASCAR's you know historic racetracks, but you got an opportunity to be a part of that really huge weekend uh, down at North Wilkesboro. What was that like? Were you able to uh, really appreciate what that whole up, upbringing was and, and kind of the revitalizing of that racetrack? How was that? Oh, yeah, that, that whole experience was just amazing. Um we had mechanical issues, unfortunately, so we didn't get the finish we wanted. But just the fans and all the media and practice and understanding the history of the track um, and being able to do the Q&A with Dale Jr., like the whole thing was just so much fun. Um, and I really hope we can go back next year. And that was the thing, too, is you got as much publicity as any driver, I think, down there because I saw you in two or three different promotional videos and then uh, on the stage with Junior and that sort of thing. Uh, what was that like as well, driver to driver with, you know, one of the most popular drivers to ever go before us uh, in our sport? And, uh, of course, you know, his name is so synonymous with, with NASCAR. Um, what was that Q&A session like with him? It was a lot of fun. I was definitely um, nervous. I'd met Dale Jr. before, um, but on a stage with a microphone that's being recorded, obviously there's more nerves to come with that. Um, but it was just awesome, you know. Dale, he's really down to earth and a great person to talk to. Um, and so I was really glad that I was able to be picked to be a part of that Q&A session. Katie, I did notice one thing um, with your announcement this week. And I noticed, w which normally when we talk and we, and we let you talk about your sponsors, Wheeler Trucking, I never noticed before. 
Um, is, is that a new partner for you this year for this Cars Tour deal? Yeah, um, Rex Wheeler, he's actually from up here by us. He just bought Owasso Speedway, and so um, that is why we're going to be going there next year for one of our races because he's, he's going to make that an awesome track. I'm really excited. But, um, yeah, they came on board this year. They helped us with some of our races up here that we ran, and then they're also going to help us a lot next year, which I'm very thankful for. Well, Katie, always a pleasure to get to catch up with you. You're so busy. I never know when we're going to be able to. And uh, glad that you were able to make some time with uh, for us tonight after this awesome announcement uh, about piling the 81 car in 2023 and uh, for uh, you know all the great things that you've done in 2022. It's been a blast to watch from up here in Michigan, and uh, we're rooting for you, and we're looking forward to seeing what 2023 brings you. Thank you. Well, appreciate Katie making time to uh, chat with us and, and Rich. Uh, she's... I wanted to ask her about uh, her relationship with Carson Hosovar because one of these days she's going to be in that realm where we're going to have to go through an agent or something to get a chance to talk to her. Yeah, she's she's really moving up. I'm so proud of that, That's a lot to uphold uh, with that Anthony Campy number 81 ride. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, Chandler Smith, uh, Gio Ruggiero, um, you know, and then the reigning snowball uh, snowflake champion in Casey Roderick. And now she's going to jump in that race car. Um, man, that's it, lucky for, I mean, that is a, that is a great ride for her to get into. Somewhere down the line, I think she might have to be a subject of our next program. And that is Gary. Did you know, it's our pleasure to welcome in the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame announcer, Gary Lindahl. Good evening, sir. Good evening. How are you guys doing, doing today? Good. You got, uh, you got small shoes to fill. Uh, we just got done talking with Dryden, Michigan's Katie Hettinger. And, uh, one of these days, I think maybe we'll have to, we'll be writing questions about her and that family, won't we? Oh, I certainly well. You know, I'm I known her grandpa very, very well. We were friends a long, long for a long, long time. Jim Hettinger, yeah, who raced who raced midgets, and we were longtime friends. So I know the whole family very well. Good for her. Yeah. And Rich is right. That's quite a ride to get into. Well, Gary, why don't we uh, get into this? A uh, holiday themed edition of Gary. Did you know what is this quiz? I don't even know where we're at. This is wild. Quiz number twenty-one. Wow, fantastic! Well, you got a set of questions for us. Shall we dive into them? Sure, absolutely. And I, I, I would think this would be the first question has got to be some people out there got to get this. I don't know how Rich feels about that, but I'm sure he got it. I, th- I think one. I had. I think I had this one. But go ahead. Question number one: Who drives the Oz car? Mm. Nope, it's over my head. Really? I'll be darned. Hey, I'm just a youngin'. I'm just a young pup. Yeah, but you know what? I, I could throw this out there. He's still racing, so there you oh, go. How about okay. that? All right, there you go. There's a little hint. Somebody <laughs> will, I guarantee you somebody will get this Okay. One. Oh, I, I know. Guarantee you. Yep, and and I know where he got the uh, Oscar number, too. Where's that, Gary? Yours truly. From you? Yeah, because I made a mistake announcing. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. I made a mistake. What? I'll give you a quick quick buzz here. What happened was uh, they didn't want duplicate numbers. And so he had a zero and somebody else had a zero. So he tried to make it an O2. But when they did the duct tape, it looked like an I-Z. So huh. I just said, and here's this driver coming out with the Oscar. And it's stuck. Wow. How about it's that? It's been the Oz car ever since. Wow. Love oh, it. geez. 
<laughs> I'm just telling you, that's what happened. Well, that's cool. Now, hey, question number two. This one, at least, I'm guessing the options are limited just because it's from our area. And it is from our area. And these guys are these guys are pretty well-known guys from our area back in the day. And they, they raced uh, all over the place. And uh, they raced these cars uh, all over the place. And they were cool as hell. Any, well, I said hell. I'm sorry. But anyway. <laughs> that, that's well within the realm, Gary. You're all right. <laughs> but anyway, not, question number two. What beer company sponsored Jack Goodwin and Mickey Catlin? I'm usually good on beer questions. Yeah, you usually are. Uh, yeah. You know, and, uh, and man, those two guys could really wheel it. They could really wheel it. I know, I know this is old just by – and obviously I can see the answer that we're not giving away yet, but I can see why <laughs> there's, exactly. a hint. there's a hint. They've been around a while. Yeah. Well, there you go. See, so that's a pretty good hint. Yep. All right, now, Gary. Qu- question, question number three, three is one of those, one like of those, one. Th- there's one of those questions where you just have fun with it, you know? And like, I got to throw these in from time to time. So question number three is, this Midwest driver would be good in a, oh, wait a minute, this Midwest figure eight driver would be good in a demo derby. Oh. And you had yeah. to love that one. Zach's just trying to read. Uh, no, I know you didn't send me the answers this week, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm blind. Uh, so You I, should read the script, Zach. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Script, it's dude. in the script. Never mind. I have the answers right in front of me. I just didn't looking for them. <laughs> now do you now do you get it? Hold on. Let me do, let me let me let me do a little investigating a, here. Uh yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one a lot. That yeah, makes sense, doesn't it? Welcome to the party. And yes, I <laughs> and yes, I know that person. I don't know if I would have it would have took me a while to think of him, but yes, it, it worked. <clears throat> and I know who it is, so well, absolutely, you know who it is. If you went down to a world three-hour race, you know who it is. Oh, now we're giving out hints again. Well, there that was we just go. a little bit. That was just a little bump. <laughs> just a little tease. A little bump. Yeah. A little bump. All right, Gary, question number four. Okay, question number four. This well-known sprint car driver started in Modifieds with the number XX. I got nothing. He was a long-time, long-time sprint car driver. I know who it is, but it's way before us, Zach. Well, if it's way before way you, it's it's decades, ancient history to me. Yeah, well, you know, you're talking Ben Hur here, okay? So, <laughs> you know how that goes. Oh man! All right, Gary. Well, there you go. We got four questions on the board. People can take a swing at it for quiz number twenty-one on our Facebook page, and uh, then if they happen to get them all right, Rich France will set them up with a cool prize pack. And as always, Gary, we appreciate you so much for putting these together and testing our motorsports knowledge. Always a pleasure, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New uh, New Year to you guys. Hey, Merry, and your Christmas. Merry Christmas, yep. Gary. And, and I think I think what we're going to do is if some we'll, we'll put the we'll put the graphic up on our on our Facebook page, and if somebody can get it before Christmas, we'll throw something else in there too. So oh, all right, there, well, there you we'll, go. We'll give them a nice little Christmas present if they can get all four of them right. Cool. There you go. Appreciate you, Gary. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. And uh, as always, drink one for me, would you? See you down the road. All right. We'll see See you, Gary. Yep. Bye.
Let's get into our second half of the show. Tyler Rorig has been putting up dominating performances in his Outlaw Super Late model throughout our region for several years. But last week, it was announced that he will now make the biggest move in his career to this point. The Plymouth, Indiana driver will now go full-time on both dirt and pavement in 2023 for Legacy Autosport in the USAC Silver Crown Series. He's got three USAC Silver Crown starts in his career, finishing on the podium in two of them. Next year, the two-time Little 500 champion will not only chase the Rookie of the Year honors, but the season championship as well. For the 13-race schedule, Rorig will pilot a legacy chassis on pavement and a DRC chassis on the dirt with Stanton Racing Engines under the hood. And uh, that's the celebratory applause that welcomes in our guest tonight, uh, Tyler Rorig. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Is that the celebration to uh, announce you going USAC Full Crown uh, Silver Crown Racing? Is that what that is? <laughs> oh, not quite. Not quite. But uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I What is this? Probably my fourth or fifth time on here, I guess. Yeah. So, um, yeah, always happy to talk with you. Man, this is cool. We, we usually talk to you after you win. Uh, what is it, Rich? Either the Intimidator 100 or the Kalamazoo Clash or the Little 500 or uh, hammer, you know, race. That's that's usually the four times that we talk to you. But now uh, we're looking forward to putting you into the category of, of you know, like like the Cody's and, and that sort of thing, where we talk to you after winning a USAC Silver Crown race. Talk to me about this decision for you. Obviously, little 500 championships. You've been playing around on the dirt the last couple of years as well when you can. And, and you know, the Outlaw Super Late Model thing has been your bag for quite some time. Talk to me about what led up to seeing if you can make this jump and go full-time Silver Crown racing. Yeah, you know, um, so obviously I've been I've been racing uh, sprint cars for a while now, and uh, I don't think it's any secret really that I've I've been more focused on the open wheel stuff the last few years. You know, it's just it's something kind of new and and different from from what I've been doing. You know, just different from the from the outlaw thing, and um, so I've just been you know focused on that and it seems really, you know, like there's more opportunities and, you know, this legacy thing is, is a perfect example of that, um, you know, we won the little 500 this year and, um, I think they contacted Cody Swanson actually, um, and asked him who he would recommend. And he put my name in the hat and, you know, the rest is, is kind of history. So, um, yeah, they, uh, great great bunch of guys and i'm I'm really looking forward to uh to next year i was gonna ask you man i mean how is that about how it went down i mean you didn't go knocking on doors for this for this thing did you i mean they just they just called you up and you're like what uh kind of explain to me how it went down yeah no i i mean i i had been wanting to run silver crown for sure um but you know there wasn't really much out there i I ran for bobby east um in two races and, and bobby east and terry Clatt and uh and had a good time but uh we kind of went our separate ways and you know i just i didn't really have much going other than my own sprint car and my my outlaw car of course and um no like i said we uh we won little five and um it turns out i guess legacy's been kind of uh they've had their eye on me a little bit mike and butch and um you know, I think, I don't know, a couple of weeks after, after the little 500, Cody called me and he's like, Hey, uh, here's a number for these guys. You should probably call them, I guess, basically is how it went. So I called <laughs> them and went down and met with, with them and kind of realized like this is going to be a really good deal for me. So, um, yeah, we, uh, I went down there and uh, a few times and fit the seat and set the thing up and we tested and then, then we went and raced once and, and did really well so um 
we have a lot of positives to take away from from that first race you know um they they got they ordered a dirt car so um yeah it's gonna be uh it's going to be a it's going to be a learning curve for sure on the dirt, but uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I got a lot of I got a lot of great people behind me helping me. Now you know where I'm going with this. I I ran into you a couple years ago at Kokomo, and I thought you took a wrong turn, right? You said <laughs> no, I'm going to run on I'm going to run on dirt. Um, how obviously you don't have a ton of experience on dirt. Are they gonna, are you going to be able to get some testing? Because I get I'm assuming just when you show up to those dirt tracks, that's not going to be sufficient. Yeah, um, so the plan is to do some testing. Um, they, we've, that's one thing we've talked about. I don't really know exactly how we're going to go about it yet, or or what we're going to do, but um, definitely need some testing. You know, um, I got like I said, I got some great people. Uh, the legacy team, obviously itself, but uh, you know, I got Brian Gerster. Um, he's going to kind of help driver coach me a little bit, and I'm pretty pretty good friends with Brian Tyler. You know, he's kind of taken me under his wing the last few years, so. So um, he's a great guy to, to lean on for advice too, obviously. So um, I think uh, I think I got all the right people to uh, you know to make it to make it work. Down in the land of Indiana, you're not I mean, but a stone's throw from somebody who knows how to wheel a non-wing sprint car, and obviously those are different than the big booty duties of the USAC Silver Crown uh, cars. But I think there's a lot that can be learned probably from somebody who wheels a non-wing sprint car on a regular basis. Are you looking at your friends list? Are you trying to find somebody down there in Indiana who rips the lip on a regular basis and say, "Hey, let me hot lap that thing a couple times"? Um, yeah, you know, I got I got some friends that that uh, run non-wing, and uh, so you know, I've been I'll, I study a lot of video, right? So I'll be watching videos and I'll send it to them or ask them, you know, why why is why are they doing this or that or or whatever? And uh, you know, um, legacy <coughs> excuse me, legacy has a has a sprint car, a dirt sprint car, and uh, I think we might try to do a few races in that potentially. Um, it just, I don't know, it just kind of depends how things go, I guess. But uh, they're definitely all in on on uh, me getting as many laps as possible before uh, the first the first dirt race. Uh, is that the biggest uh, variable for you right now? Is the dirt side of the schedule, or are we maybe not giving you credit where credits due? Is there something else when you look at this full Silver Crown schedule that? that you mark down and go, this is going to be an area where Tyler Rorick's going to get tested, or is it the dirt? No, I definitely think dirt is obviously going to be the biggest variable for me. Um, you know, just cause I haven't, I haven't done it. You know, they, they got a brand new car coming, you know, we're going to have great equipment, but I mean, the driver's still the most important part of the part of the puzzle. Right. So, um, but the pavement's still not going to be easy. We're going to a lot of tracks that I haven't really went too much. And, uh, you know, Gateway, I've, I've never been to Gateway or Madison or, you know, I have limited experience at Winchester open wheel. So um, it's 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 going to be, it's not going to be an easy task. I mean, in any facet. Tyler, is this going to, how is this going to affect now? It's only 13 races, right? From what I understand their season. Um, is this going to have any effect shortening up your 500 sprint car tour, the races you run with them? Obviously, I'm assuming you're going to make sure you're going to get back and, and defend at the little 500 and is the outlaw just going to gather dust this year in 2023 um so all the 500 sprint car tour races i think are on off dates for silver crown because you know a lot of guys um run both classes so um that, so that makes it nice you know that, that they kind of work together there so i plan on running all those and um the outlaw car 
man, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of races that, uh, that I'm going to miss, but I mean, it's just kind of, kind of where I'm at right now. You know, I don't think I'm going to be able to go to the Kalamazoo clash, which will be kind of weird, but, yeah. um, I think that there, you know, it is there's it about, is. there's about 24 drivers that just went, woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and the, uh, and the engraver can't put his name on it ahead of time. That's right. Yeah. They're <laughs> going to have to wait to get the trophy done. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, uh, I've done the outlaw thing forever and, I, I still like doing it, but it's just it's time to focus on something different. So that's that's just kind of where I'm at. Talk to me about this little 500 sprint car tour. Obviously, you go through the results, whether it's qualifying or the race, and Tyler Rorig is somewhere in, in the top five in almost every one of these events. Uh, you mentioned this is this is your sprint car that you're running. You know, kind of the home the home uh, team, if you will. Uh, but this was a really cool idea that got announced. Uh, you know, late last year that. We're going to put a couple races together across Michigan and Indiana and uh, see what happens. And, man, the turnout was really good. Uh, the drivers were really good. And the racing was really good, too. Um, what was your take as, as a driver on how the 500 Sprint Car Tour went? Oh, it was it was great. You know, it's everything, you know, that needed to happen, I guess, for um pavement sprint car racing you know all the races had had full fields um the racing was competitive we went to some pretty cool places you know um so so i really enjoyed it and and i think all the competitors really enjoyed it and i and um i really only see it going going up from here you know so uh you know the guys at anderson um are obviously kind of the ones in charge of it and and they do a great job you know they run a they run a professional show so uh yeah, it's, it's, it's enjoyable to race with them. For the novice fan who looks at a pavement sprint car and looks at a USAC Silver Crown car, they probably say, okay, Tyler is a shoe-in because look at how good he did in these in these 500 sprint car races. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing, just a little wider, maybe a little longer. Um, but r- realistically, the science behind it, what is the big difference for you as a driver that you have to get used to with these Silver Crown cars? Um. You know, I'm. That's a, that's almost like a twofold question, right? Because I do all the setup stuff, so um, I tried to set the Silver Crown car up just like my Sprint car, and and honestly, we kind of struggled a little bit, and I had to make a lot of changes. And and by the race, we were okay, but you know, the just the way the races trend, um, the races are a lot longer, so you know, there's the car's going to trend different ways. You know, it's going to be different after a restart than it is. 20 laps into a run and uh, you, you have a lot of fuel too so so you know it's i don't know it's uh i still got a lot to learn though i know that tyler whenever we run into each other we always get a chance to say hi and we're you it's usually just how you've been what you've been up to but and, and we don't get into the nuts and bolts of this stuff but you said the open wheel stuff was different that was your word that you used um i guess i'm asking do you like it more than an outlaw super late model or is it just an avenue for you to move forward in your driving career um i you know i just i just love racing and um it just at this point it just seems like there's just more more for me i guess in the open wheel side of things you know more opportunity um a chance you know to make a little money racing not that i really even care about that i just race because i love to race but um you know a guy's got to consider that too so um i don't know it's just it's just new and something that 
I didn't necessarily grow up doing, so I haven't, I guess, become bored or complacent with it yet. Um, <laughs> kind of like I have with outlaw stuff. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I just, I just love racing anything I can get in really. Um, I got to ask you with, you know, adding all this on your plate, um, you do have a business to run. How, how is that, is it going to affect time away from rocket fabrication? Uh, I'm not planning on it anyway. Um, you know, throughout the summer months, it's, it's not necessarily as busy as it is, as it is like right now and, and into the spring. Um, but you know, I got, I got, uh, some guys helping me, so I don't see, uh, I don't see any problem really with, uh, with the business side of things. We mentioned uh, in that little read-in that we, we got going, uh, DRC chassis for the dirt, and then, uh, you know, of course, the legacy chassis on pavement. When you're doing the setups, you know, we, we talk about this with template late models and with uh, dirt late models, you know, bar placements are different, and, you know, this little measurement here is different, and this front-end geometry here is different. Uh, with you doing your own setups and kind of working with the team, what what are you – I mean, are you looking at these two chassis and saying, okay, here's what works on pavement – Will this transfer over to dirt? And and you know this is different on this chassis. So how do we make this happen? Uh, are you in a big? Are you? I mean, really deep in the notebook right now? Um, well, so on the dirt, I'm completely lost. Um, so we're gonna lean on the the chassis builder quite a bit, I okay. think. Um, and some of the guys I got helping me, you know, they'll, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have good input. I'm sure. Um, I personally don't know a lot about dirt setups. Um, but as far as the pavement goes, um, Mike and Butch at Legacy, they just kind of let me do whatever I want, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's like I have free reign when it comes to the setup and, and that and, and that stuff, So, which is kind of what I wanted, you know, out of a deal. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very involved in the, in the asphalt setups. We've talked about the tracks and the the scenarios where maybe you get the most challenged, uh, where where there's going to be the biggest variable for you. Is there a point in this schedule or a couple points on this schedule where you're saying, "Look out, this rookie's going to shine"? Uh, that you're really looking forward to going there. Um, I mean, IRP obviously. Um, I've raced there a lot, and and we've we were pretty successful this year with the sprint car there and our first outing in the silver crown car. Really? We got third, but, um, I really like that racetrack. It's one of my favorite tracks now. Um, I'm really looking forward to going to gateway. I've never been there, but it's just big and fast. So kind of looking forward to that. Um, I mean, there might be some places where I'm like not necessarily looking forward to, you know, like Belleville, but, uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, I don't know. We'll just, We'll just take it one race at a time. You know, that's that's all we can do. And that's the one thing, too, that, that I don't think any race car driver ever likes to talk about. But, I mean, man, at these speeds and these cars and their open wheel, when something goes wrong, it goes wrong in a hurry and it goes wrong big. Uh, is that something that you're going to have to get used to coming out of the, you know, coming out of the outlaw and kind of, you know, obviously you wreck hard in a sprint car as well. But I think this is a whole new animal with, with the Silver Crown. Is that any is that on your mind at all when you're getting ready to do this or are us race car drivers just dumb and we don't think about that until after the first hit? Um, it's not really. It's um, it's not anything I really think about at all. It's, uh, you know, I'm just focused on getting the best finish possible and doing the best job I can, you know, behind the wheel and behind the wrenches really. Um, but, uh, I mean, some of the places are, I mean, knock on wood, I haven't really had any 
big crashes right. in, uh, in in the open wheel side of things. I just think um, about you know we, we, late models. we all saw the right rear explode going down the front straightaway of the mile, you know, and and you know you you saw the wreck that ensued after that, and it just takes your breath away, and you go wow. Uh, you know, that's happening in these Silver Crown cars. It can happen. Uh, testament to the safety of these cars, of course, but I just wonder if you th- ever think about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, everyone knows it's possible, right? But right. no, it's not, uh, I mean, we're like, you know, we run IRP, and that place is not slow by any means in a sprint car, <laughs> but uh, we're still racing, you know, six inches apart and and racing hard, you know, but, it, but it's really clean and it's a lot of fun. Tyler, I got to ask, you said, you know, you're, probably going to have to set some of the outlaw stuff aside but have you i know it's only december but have you been able to look at the schedule and pick out some races that you know people in our region that like to watch you uh, in an outlaw car are going to maybe have the chance um yeah so i made a schedule um last week i think i'll be able to do i don't know maybe maybe like five outlaw races um the first one being the uh the intimidator 100 at kalamazoo and then I think like the first two Plymouth races I can do and, and maybe one or two more at Kalamazoo, um, maybe one at Owasso and the Sizzler. So maybe, maybe like six or seven. It just, it really just kind of depends, um, you know, kind of where we're at in the shop. Cause I, I doubt I'll have a ton of time to devote to it, you know, um, between being back and forth between home and Indy. So I don't know. We'll just kind of play it by ear. Talk to me about what Rex Wheeler's doing up there at Owasso. Everybody we've talked to uh, that races pavement on the program, and even a couple of dirt guys, want to get up there and race on that new pavement. They just they just can't wait to get and see what get up there and see what it's like. Is, is that attractive to you? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I might be able to make one race there. I think I'm not I'm not sure yet. But uh, I mean, if I didn't have all this open wheel stuff going on, I would be at all four of them. Um, <laughs> it kind of has the feel of of Plymouth, um, you know, a year ago, you know, that, that created a lot of hype and, and, and did really well. So I hope, you know, I hope they do really well up there. That's, that's kind of what the region needs, I think is, is just something new and, um, I guess invigorating for the class for pavement racing in general. You win all the time, Tyler. And that's not, uh, you know, I'm not saying that you're not humble, but, uh, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is you are a good race car driver and you win in your race cars. How do you go into this new adventure, uh, driving for a new team, kind of new? You have some experience with Legacy, um, but, uh, you know, going into this in 2023, how do you manage expectations? How do you control expectations? And kind of what are your goals going into the season? Yeah, you know, um, expectations are high, I think, and um, they always are, it seems to be. And sometimes that definitely can be hard to manage, you know, like even when you finish second, it's like people are like, "What happened?" It's like, "Oh, I just got second, you know." But um, yeah, I just got. Hey, hold yeah. on, I just ran second in the USAC Silver Crown Series. What do you mean? What happened? <laughs> yeah, I mean more so in like the outlaw stuff, you know, because it's just uh, yeah, people will be like, "Well, what happened?" It's like, "Oh, I just got beat," you know. Right. And um, but no, it's 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 uh. I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm just gonna treat it like anything else I race. You know, they hired me to drive i guess based on what they've seen in my own cars so i just that's kind of how i go go about it you know i just treat it like it's like it's my own car well and that's what i was going to ask too is is we've heard that before from guys who who say 
you know, that's the difference between somebody who has to work on their own stuff and somebody who's a hired gun. Uh, so it sounds like that's not going to change for you. You're going to go out there and drive that thing just as hard as you can uh, and, and try to get it to, to victory lane as much as you can. And, and really what I'm hearing is you expect maybe to go to victory lane at some point this season. Yeah, certainly. You know, um, I, so I, I've drove for a lot of people um, to this point, right? And And like I said, you know, they – the reason they hire you is because, you know, they see you in your own stuff. So, and, you know, you kind of drive your own stuff, throwing caution to the wind a lot of times. So, um, and even though I have to work on it, I'll still drive it as hard as I can. Right. And it's just, uh, it's just the way it is. I mean, you have to do that to win, I think. So, um, that's just the way I treat any, any situation I'm in, uh, behind the wheel. You know, Tyler, since I, started doing horsepower happenings i kind of got more and and learned more on the dirt side but i'm going to tell you you probably don't have to call sherman and get in his modified because i don't think that's going to help you much in this situation (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm not i'm not sure you know we uh todd let me do a few races last year because i told him i'm like todd i i need some dirt experience man and so he let me run at kokomo and he let me run a little bit the year before and uh todd's a great guy he just he just let me race his car just to help me out i guess you know so um really appreciate that well there's definitely some guys in your area that know their way around uh the indiana bull rings and the indiana racetracks that are covered in dirt uh as we mentioned that uh uh you know we've seen them come up here and play before too and they are rock stars at what the, at their craft so i'm sure you'll get a chance to to get some help on the dirt side of things man this is so cool uh do you know yet are you bringing any marketing partners do you have anybody you need to thank yet at this point obviously it's still the off season you haven't even uh, got a chance probably to get your seat fitted yet uh but uh, anybody on board early that you need to talk about um well on uh yeah you know on the sprint car side of things i got cb fabricating obviously um they're my number one sponsor and, and Mitch Smith, uh, auto service. They're, they're great people to work with. Um, my whole program, you know, Evan Jackson racing engines and, and Penske shocks are, are huge, huge proponents, uh, to our team. So really thankful for them. Uh, on the silver crown side, you know, we got Metaloid and, um, you know, Penske and Hoosier. So yeah, we got a lot of great partners. Um, it's just, uh, I'm really lucky, honestly, to to know the people I do and and to get to do what I do. Well, Tyler, we're looking forward to it, man, and uh, excited to see how the USAC Silver Crown Series treats you. I know we got a couple of races that will come into our neck of the woods next year, and we're definitely going to try to get down and and see what it's all about. Good luck, and uh, hopefully we're talking to you at the end of the season as a Rookie of the Year. Yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on again. Well, man, I don't know about you, but I I was kind of – I was thumbing through some pictures from IRP as we were talking with Tyler – I'm ready for that Silver Crown season to get started. I think – I don't even know that you can call him an underdog as a rookie going into this season. I don't think he can. I don't really think so either. And, you know, this is where he wanted to be. You know, yeah. I mean, this is – when he got to open wheel racing, it wasn't just a – he really had an interest in that, and he, he got really good in that in that non-wing sprint car. Uh, and when you win a couple of little 500s, it turns some heads. But, Not a whole lot of people have done that. And let me tell you something, all right? Uh, little The, the 500 Sprint Car Tour last year, uh, IRP, Rorig, second quick, wins the race. Uh, then they go to Anderson Speedway. Tyler's quick time finishes fifth in the race. They go to Berlin. Tyler's quick time wins the race. 
They go to uh, back to IRP, quick time and the race winner. They go to Anderson, and Tyler is not able to attend that week uh, and uh, actually takes a couple of weeks off. Back at Anderson, finishes in the top five, back to IRP, and uh, third fast and finishes. I think he had some problems during that week, so he didn't finish great. Uh, but then quick time back at Berlin and another feature win on the I-500 tour. Uh, so, you know, there's no – and as you just mentioned, we're talking about a two-time little 500 champion. I don't think you go. I don't think that you go into USAC Silver Crown with that sort of resume and don't have people respecting your cap- your capabilities behind the wheel. You know, Zach, I've I've interviewed Tyler Roeg many times in his racing career, mostly in an in after, in a, after an outlaw super late model race. And what is going to make him successful is what his personality is. He is not happy finishing second. Right. I don't. I've it, I, I've interviewed him finish second before. He's not a happy camper. And um, he's going to be the same way with this. And he's just going to fight. If he runs second or third, he's going to go back to work till the next before the next race and make it better. That's just the way he is. He does not like if it's not first, it is not satisfactory. That's right. So looking forward to it. Uh, really, uh, I'm telling you, I think we may be talking to Tyler at the end of 2023, uh, if not as a rookie of the year, as uh, a top five in, in USAC Silver Crown Championship points, because uh, really, really I mean, I think he's going to do great things. So, all right, let's take a look at what's coming up on the upcoming calendar, Rich. We are now just one week away from indoor racing within our neck of the woods. Yeah, we talked about it. We gave a little tease on it last week, Zach, the Rumble uh, in Fort Wayne, Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. That's December 30th and 31st. So if you don't have anything planned for New Year's Eve and you'd like, you want to have rubber and oil and all that and exhaust <laughs> as part of your as part of your New Year's Eve plans, then that is the place to be in, in Fort Wayne. Uh, carts, midgets, sprint cars. Uh, you can go to Rumble in Fort Wayne on their Facebook page. It's Rumble in Fort Wayne for more information. That They'll have all of the information. And from what I understand, after the races on, uh, on Saturday night, uh, on New Year's Eve, they're going to have a party there with all the drivers, so you can join in on that as well. All right. Well, all the Ohio State Buckeye fans and TCU Horn Frog fans can be at the party. Uh, us University of Michigan fans will be celebrating a big win over TCU, I'm sure, on uh, December 31st. Uh, Lookout dogs, here we come. All right. Um, that's going to do it for this edition of Horsepower Happenings. Uh, before we go, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. I uh, hope that things go very well for you this weekend. And, you uh, too, my friend. I, I appreciate you and, and all that you've done this year. And I uh, want to say thanks to Scott Menlin for all his support as well and all the listeners who make it possible for us to have what we have here on Horsepower Happenings. Appreciate Tyler and appreciate Katie making time to talk to us right before the holidays as well. And uh, we wish you all a happy holiday season. We'll talk to you coming up here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.